Hello and welcome to the Pedestrian Podcast. Don't know why I sounded like Hyacinth Bouquet on that one. Uh, welcome <laughs> this week's episode. Myself, Stuart Court, and as ever, Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? I'm doing moderately well today. Uh, my wife has just crept into the screen at the back. I think it's safe to say that after the debacle at Tottenham yesterday, I've been a misery to be around for my own admission, <laughs> and I'm very happy to admit that. And, why did you forget that to me? Some noise off camera, which I'm sure we can blot out there, hopefully. Um, but yes, uh, so that has been uh, that's been my day. But the week's been good because the Seahawks are in the finest of fettle. Yeah, there was also no um, disagreement from said wife in the background when you said you've been in misery all day. <laughs> so no, I think she confirmed it actually. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, the Seahawks won. Went to LA, went to SoFi, won in SoFi Stadium. That's probably the first time. Yeah, I think it must be, because they always get absolutely battered I mean, by the Rams. Bad they, things happen. Charges down there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, I don't know, like, it was like, it was like cab- a weird, like, kind of cabin fever watching the game, because it's just, oh, yeah, the Seahawks win. And then you think about it, Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams for, like, 80% in the game. And the Seahawks won, like, comfortably, bar the five, ten minutes after DK's injury. But, but yeah, it was it, – it, it, when you see some of the people making catches, particularly catches and maybe a couple of tackles on the deep, it was kind of like the post-war McGrath uh, Australia team. Like, it's still nice to beat them, but it's not what it was. It was mad, like, because they were 17... Well, they first... They threw a pick on their first possession. Yeah. So you're which, thinking, all right, maybe a bit of the bumps on the way here. Then they get a turnover on downs, which is, you know, great. Uh, one of those ones where bloke with a chain still appears to be the most efficient way they can work this stuff out in the NFL, which is bonkers. <laughs> uh, and then they're 17-0 up. But I mean, next to me, blink. Yeah. And then DK... Uh, DK's... Going for a shit, what we thought. Yeah, so we thought. Then all of a sudden, and he was like called out of the game remarkably quickly, given the like lack of severity of the injury that it would appear to be. Yeah, I mean, because um, Brees Hall was the same in the Jets game. Immediate, he's done. Um, the cornerback, JC like Jackson. A rap sheet tweet 10 minutes afterwards saying DK Metcalf is out for the game. You're thinking, well, what we'll see, see, yeah, see you next year, yeah. Um, so that was quite weird, wasn't it? And then it was 17 14, and then again, put, in the blink of an eye, yeah. And then they just put together a few drives where they just rammed it down their throat, to be honest, yeah. And, yeah. um, and yeah, it was a like a really great team performance, um, yeah, but, but, yeah, it was, but like it didn't. Watching it, it didn't feel like it. Reading everyone else's opinions on it, kind of, I don't know. It's not what I thought watching it. It's just, oh, yeah, so it's winning. It's Justin Herbert sending, throwing the ball to people I've never heard of before. I mean, look, um, you're going to make your own luck from time to time. And 
the Seahawks have been probably fortunate in the last four weeks. They've played against teams without the number one receiver. Like Keenan Allen was there in body only, really, <laughs> yeah. as my fancy team will attest. <laughs> um, yeah, idiot played him last week. But um, yeah, he, he was there in body only, really. And you've just missed out on playing against Hopkins, against all the Saints wide receivers, uh, against Amon Ross and Brown and, and Swift. Um, so it's four weeks in a row that the Seahawks have kind of lucked into fairly decent personnel matchups. But my, my my thoughts on the season so far is that it's one of those where it's week seven and they keep sort of getting lucky in inverted commas. Well, eventually, if that keeps happening, you're going to be in a position where you can make something happen. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's exactly the same as the team they're playing this week as well. But also, Herbert's the best quarterback they've played this season. Yeah, and he did nothing. No. To hurt you. Again, that's my fantasy team. <laughs> um, and, you know, Gino has thrown a number of passes really that may have been picked at another time, but they haven't. Mm. Um, they have, I'm not, they've not lucked into Kenneth Walker, but the way in which he's just stood up to the mantle as a rookie running back uh, is amazing. The corners, sorry, yeah, the corners, well, have been, sensational um apparently we've not potted for two weeks we've not had the Tariq Woolen um pick yeah pick against Arizona again not not lucked into it but if you were to assume what you'd think would happen at the start of the season it wasn't that with the cornerbacks the two rookie tackles are standing up really well and you know it's going to be November by the time the the game finishes on Sunday, give or take. And at that point, you know, that, that becomes Thanksgiving and you've only got to stack a few wins on top of each other. And all of a sudden you're looking at the NFC thinking, well, who are you terrified about playing here? Yeah. Um, Sunday will probably be a big barometer, but things couldn't really look much better than they are now, given where we thought we'd be seven weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, they, they couldn't... This, if a win on Sunday with the Rams playing the 49ers at the same time, I don't think that's a prime time game. I think it's a nine o'clock game. Yeah, there's quite, um, a good, I think Aaron Rodgers, it's a Bills Packers on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so when Pete Carroll gets to the pedestal for the press conference, that there could be a two game lead for the Seahawks. And then is it Arizona next week again? Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, they, kind of stirred awake on Thursday night football but this oh, basically because the pick six is Andy Dalton was the quarterback like Gino Smith touch wood isn't making mistakes and making terrible decisions that Andy Dalton did last week so you I mean <laughs> they're, they're going to be flying over to Munich two and a half games up with a two and one division record Obviously, we have both games against the Rams, but also the Buccaneers just lost um, weirdly comfortably to the Panthers. And Panthers were 14-point underdogs at home. And, it, it yeah. Yeah, I, I think at this point, I'm more confident about the Bucks game than the Cardinals game, which is mad, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Cardinals game is one because of that hull hole of an arena. Yeah, I mean weird stuff happens down there. So yeah. I, I'm not I'm not necessarily true. But, like, not... but like but we it, it's 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 not like 
it doesn't, it's not going to take a lot. It's not going to take many bounces or for the Seahawks to have, like to sit, yeah. sit, sit on their ass for a week after on the flight back from Munich with like a three and a half, three and a half game lead. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure the, the 49ers played at Arizona again straight after we do. I think that sounds right. Um, I wonder if they were doing high knees on the plane on the way back from. I mean, Munich who knows? I mean, that's what, that's what, um, that's what, it seems to work. I mean, jet lag doesn't exist when you fly from Denver. No, so they should be fine. No. Uh, shouts to Danny O'Neill, who has been just sensational over the last couple yeah. of weeks. All that Nails. stuff. Um, uh, yeah, like it's 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 mad because it, it, it everything kind of even with the DK, the fact that we played how we did, sands five ten minutes initially after without DK Metcalf, Marquis Goodwin. We all knew Marcus Goodwin did that in the past, but he did it on Sunday. And like this, two touchdown catches are one they're good throws, but they're not. I know he got again a bit of luck. It's probably maybe not the right word to use when JC Jackson's leg exploded. It's horrible, but um, but like he him to step up so not seamlessly. He's not DK Metcalf, but. Like a year ago, an injury to Tyler Lockett just no, probably every year Tyler Lockett's got an injury. It's just waylaid the offense with uh, other quarterbacks. But this one just kind of just carries on regardless. It's um, it's almost like dizzying watching this offense because every play ends in someone else's hands. Like you don't, <laughs> yeah. you can't seem to get a rhythm in what you're watching because it's Goodwin, it's Eskridge, it's fucking Parkinson yeah. running down the near sideline for 21 yards. I, I would imagine this is Pete Carroll's utopian professional offense, to be honest. It's drop back, find the open man, hit him, and then run. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty, rem- it, it's, it's the exact offense that I said in the summer what, Gina Smith is going to drop back and just pick an open man, just plonk it to him and expect, like, that's not how the NFL works. And that's exactly how it's working so far. It's a lot, well, for my very uneducated eyes, it's a lot less bells and whistles, but it is what McVeigh did with Goff in Mm. LA. With, I mean, DK pending this week, probably with less talent, really, because... The early, the early years in LA had Woods, you had Cop, you had um, Cooks, you had Cooks, you had Higby, Higby, and you Gurley. had the other tight end, oh Gerald Everett, who did again did nothing you know, on Sunday. You had Todd Gurley, um, and like the Seahawks offense didn't really look like that um, at the start of the season, but it's just it's weirdly serene. Like more often than not, even like the the mistakes and deceptions, it was a tip. It was a tip, wasn't it? Uh, like, yeah. So it's like it's it's just not, and like we've had like a decade of just like playground stuff and kind of like lived on the edge of your seat. But it's just like, yeah, like you say, just he's dropping back, he's looking up, and everyone is getting the ball. All three tight ends on Sunday caught the ball. I think. Mm-hmm. Like that. It, it honestly reminds me of like watching an Alistair Cook opening test match innings at home in England. Like it's just so organized. Um, there's no, it's not frills really. There's the odd, you know, clip off his legs for four, um, which is sort of your pass to, to Goodwin, which is, you know, 
a, a dime. But in general, like they never have a delay of game. They're never scrambling to the line of scrimmage, which is something that we're just but, not programmed to see. Where you know, how many times have you, have you seen I think that? it happened that- once on Sunday, but I think that again was in that weird, like, like dizzying period when DK was off and they were kind of like yeah. scrambling to like. That may have been just after Austin Blythe's full start, actually, where the yeah. shot clock ran down. Uh, yeah. shot clock, the play clock ran down. But, you know, I'm used to that play clock being a red square <laughs> with a yellow number in it. I didn't know it could be like a black square with a white number yeah. in it for as long as it is. But yeah. I'm used to looking at it. But now, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's quite staggering, actually, to, to see what we're seeing. And I don't know how you apportion the credit. I mean, obviously, the majority has to go to... Pete Carroll in the way that the majority of the criticism went to Pete Carroll last year, which we, which maybe we're shoehorning it, but you know, Shane Waldron is doing a f- fantastic job and Gino is executing it to perfection. Like it is a joy to watch these games. Yeah. But also like I, I messaged um, Ben, who's going to jump on a bit to um, preview the, this week's game against the Giants. I messaged him. It's like, it's, it, the quote, I think it's Peter King on Monday from Gino, and it makes such a difference when your quarterback kind of gets it. Like he's talking about how he like he's taking the opportunity, how he kind of you know, worked to be like this, and kind of he's not surprised and all this. But like, because again, we've had a decade plus of just high knees. That's what we've had a decade of, and it's just like it's it does help when there's like a. I think I think I messaged you after Drew Locke's first press conference, obviously he's not a starter. And it was so refreshing because he was like, it just, <laughs> like, I don't want to say it was like, it felt like a human was talking, but it did. <laughs> it did. Like in comparison to what we had before. And it's the same with Pete. Like Pete, Pete last year, like I wrote, um, when I was, wrote was after the Saints game, I think like, like he's, I'm done, he's done. Because he looked like he was, he looked like he was done. He looked exhausted. He looked out of ideas. He kind of like, like Jesse Marsh on the sideline at Leeds United in a couple of days. Um, he just, but like now he's back in his box. He's doing the stuff he was doing. Like the, was it the old, the gif of him with the, the, the monocle. monocle. And like the swagger, like that's back. You can see it, and like you, it's just everyone has just been completely re-energized, and it's yeah. I think that's the most startling thing because it, it, it honestly looked like Pete was counting down the days to uh, week eighteen zero 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 on the clock and just bombing off to Hawaii or uh, Southern California. But but now it looks like he's going to be around for two, three, four years and. It, yeah, it's just it's startling and it, yeah, and just how it's, it's it's serene and it's startling and it's just it's it, it's it's a lot of fun more often than not to watch them go about their business, particularly obviously on the offensive side, which is mainly why we watch the games for points. Mm. I mean, I guess from a big picture standpoint, um, I've seen a lot of people say, "Well, the rebuild's over." Uh, you know, it's four and three. Now, interestingly, the Seahawks would probably say they were never in a rebuild, but let's assume that's maybe slightly uh you, know, <laughs> you, can't, to, you can't you can't do what they did and not exactly. So the the question is that well the, the my, my main worry is that ultimately they could go into the draft next year with zero quarterbacks on the roster at this rate. You know, I, I 
can't imagine Gino Smith is going to have any incentive to sign a contract before the season's up um, because someone's going to give him a shed load of money in free agency for players like this. Obviously, there's injury mitigation, but I don't think many players really would think, look, I'm not going to do this in case I get injured. That doesn't strike me as the mindset they have. And certainly for a player that searched his own name on Twitter um, and, you know, does Instagram stories like he did on Sunday, Gino is feeling himself. There's no... There's, he, he feels immortal and good luck to him and fair play to him. So I guess there's that from a big picture, which is a slight concern to me that whilst it's going great now, we're looking, we're trying to think long-term and, you know, what's the long-term future at quarterback. And then, and then the, the second thing is, and I, I don't know if this is really a stick that the Seahawks deserve to be beaten with, but the amount of parity in the NFL right now is for me making it, as talent poor as I can remember it for a long time. Like you look at our division in particular in the conference and really all you can do is go and beat your division, beat your conference, I guess is part of this a false economy because the competition around them is so weak comparably, but actually does that matter? Because the Super Bowls, if you lift the trophy in in February, it counts for just as much as the one the guys lifted in 2014. Mm -hmm. So, I'm trying to rationalize them in my head, you know, does it actually matter that everyone else is bad in the context that we're trying to rebuild or should we perhaps, you know, just pump the brakes ever so slightly because this isn't the charges we're expecting. It's not the Cardinals we're expecting. Uh, no, it definitely wasn't the charges uh, we were expecting, but I think it, 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 it is a sentence which is giving Pete and John way too much credit, but, there might be a reason they were so confident this team could do this because they kind of saw that the, the draft weren't, wasn't really delivering the players it was, or the teams were kind of being making Nathaniel Hackett decisions at head coach. And I mean, that is probably give them too much credit, but they, they, they were clearly confident for a reason. So the, the, the whole parity in the league, like, like you said, you can only beat what's put in front of you, but because when we won the Super Bowl, we beat the best of the best. We beat Kaepernick, we beat Harbour, and then we beat the best offence in the league by an absolute street in the Super Bowl. So, But you can only beat what you beat in front, and it's as cliche as fuck, but there we are. Um, and the other thing is that, and um, I was talking to Mike Dugar on the phone earlier today, and we were saying that, Pete doesn't deserve credit for not adapting his offense to becoming more pass heavy or just ignoring that's the way the league's going. But talk about potentially the ultimate stroke of luck, fortune, whatever you want to call it. They might be entering their draft with the biggest haul they've ever had at a time where the NFL is sort of rumbling back around to their idea of run the ball, play good defense. And that's the way to win. Yeah. I mean, uh, Eight o'clock on Sunday, the two front runners for offensive rookie of the year were running backs. Yeah. Uh, did Najee win it last year? I think he might have done, you know. So, like, yeah, like, like, like just backs up your point that like it's coming back around, but it's also. But it kind of has to, right? Because yeah. teams play too high to stop the pass. And as a result, they play a lot more nickel and dime. And so eventually, teams are like, well, fuck it, we'll just run. Yeah. And then eventually everyone tries to stop the run and they have to pass it again. You are going to get these undulations um, of pass, run, pass, run, what seems the priority. And mm. whilst I guess the passing game will always be, you know, the quickest way to score or whatever, it just strikes me that they're rounding out into a time where we might be going into a two-year period where 
being a stout defense and running the ball might be the, the, the key to winning it all again. Yeah, and, and then you look at the defensive side and they've got an avatar at cornerback again, <laughs> even with the fourth-round nickel guy who's punching the ball out like he's Charles Tillman. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, but defensively, they've kind of always done it this way, and it kind of has... It's been, it is obviously talent-dependent, but Tariq Wallen going from UTSA to... like He's probably... And like he's probably going to win defensive rookie of the year, like unless Source Gardner goes on a or Kayvon goes on a tear because but he just doesn't get beat over the top. And that matters, as you say, when the quickest way to score is throwing the ball a long way. And Tariq Wallen stops teams doing that. And yeah, like it's 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 just a concoction and cocktail of everything. It's it's yeah, it's like I was wrong. I think we were maybe wrong, but even Pete on his like most positive day could not have foreseen like the 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 bumpy transition was losing Bobby Wagner when everyone would have expected the quarterback changing to be the rocky transition. It's just it has not been that it has not been that way. Mm. Apart from maybe when Meat Two was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, we just don't book uh, guests who are fans of teams we're playing for post game shows and the offensive sound. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but but talking about um, passing plays, he's quickest way to score. Kenneth Walker's gonna maybe change that one as well because sixty eight yards, sixty seven yards, or whatever they changed it to. I don't know how you why it's changed four days later. Um, like, like, there's a uh, sound effect mic up with Austin Blythe up through the Arizona game, and he turns to someone and goes, "Man, Kenny's special." And <laughs> like, there was obviously a little again a smooth transition from Rashad Penny, who's been in the system for five years, on and off, and Kenny Walker, who's 21 now, 22, a rookie running back, and it's just not it's it's got better. The blocking's got better. Um, Gabe Jackson being out corresponding to that is quite interesting but but yeah like it's 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 they are just hitting every like question mark you could have apart from the post DK injury on Sunday it's just been offensively it's just been like yeah okay cool it's lit, like been the definition of next man up hmm. and it's 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 yeah there's there's something they're getting right and it's probably too deep in the weeds for us to get into when Rashad went down, I think I tweeted out like, I think that might be the end of the the playoff potential. And someone said, well, "What about Kenneth Walker?" And I, you know, he looks great. I said, "Yeah, he does look great, but he strikes me as like the home run hitting potential is there." But I'm just not quite sure he's like a singles and doubles guy. Like, you know, he could, can he fall forward for, and turn three yards into five? Um, he looks like he bounces outside a little bit, maybe, you know, bails on the play in order to see his gap. And I think he does that a smidge, a smidge still, but that's probably a, a rookie thing as much as anything else. But the last two games, he looks a guy that can properly carry the load and he, he yeah. can, not everything needs to go for 70 yards. He can pick up four, five, six, which I didn't think he was just going to be mature enough to do it. But he looks like in the last month, he's come on absolute leaps and bounds and certainly looks like a guy that is a, two and a half, if not three down back. Yeah, definitely. But that's what he did at college. But obviously, college is a different beast to NFL everything. But like he did that at college. So it is a little, yeah, it's just us being 
idiots, I guess, because we didn't really pay much attention. But people like Nick Wright, who's a Michigan State fan, which we probably should get him on the pod to explain that fandom. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like he's he was as excited as Spurs fans get um, when they pick <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, and it's like being lift up. But yeah, it's the workload thing with Kenneth Walker. Like he just, like you say, just he can just take it, and he is taking it, and. He's going to continue to have to take it. But even people like DJ Dallas are looking like in their little spells and Travis Homer, mm. I think he's been activated this week, so he might be back. But but we haven't seen much from DJ Dallas on offense, seen a little a few sparks on special teams, but it's just next man up has just been a prophecy fulfilled like probably since 2011 with Sherm coming for Marcus Trufant and the entire universe changed. Um but yeah. It, it was just, it was, it's just weird how it's going. And then we got the NFC East version of the Seahawks on Sunday because they just win games in the fourth quarter, close, get the quarterback in position with a running back who's he's probably going to win comeback player of the year over Gino if this carries on because he is just electric, Saquon. They have um, the stat, is, I don't think there's a Giants receiver with more than 200 yards receiving mm-hmm. through seven weeks, and they're six and one. And you're like, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm looking forward to seeing this game because every other kind of game against a tough team we've had so far, there's been, oh, yeah, they're out, they're out, they're out. I know that they are light at receiver, but the Giants, we, we are going to take on the Giants playing the way the Giants have been winning in the last seven weeks. Um, yeah, their best players still play it. Yeah, exactly. Best players are all still playing. And even Daniel Jones has you know, started uh, the season really, really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing our best take on their best and seeing what happens. Yeah. I think that this is going to be quite an illuminating game on Sunday. Yeah, and on defence, they've got the two bo- the two boys up front. They've got Kayvon, who was the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah. And then they've got your mo- like one of your favourite collegiate players you've watched in the Dory Jackson just lighting it up mm. on the back as well. So they... Yeah, they've got they haven't got a lot of depth out there. They've got names that probably I'd never heard of uh, before. But um, so did the Chargers, and that went our way. So we're still on Sunday, and also we are at home, which I think is going to make a massive difference to everything because they played in Florida last week, and now they're playing Seattle. So it's it's not great scheduling for the Giants, but we got we uh, can continue um, on the DK injury. Obviously mentioned a few times. It's, it does. I think he's going to be out this week. But it's. It's. Sunday seemed like a dark day for all that. I think within half an hour, you had DK and Brees Hall go out. Mm. You had the. I mean, the Daniel Bellinger injury for the Giants is just horrific. He got poked in the eye at full speed. And then he takes his helmet off, and his eye is like the size of a. Um, a baseball it's just it's oh, it's horrible but like, it, I think we mentioned it at the start of the season it, the seat it's like there's an undercurrent going on this year and it's just it's not good but yeah in, in what sense it just seems like, this, like I think you said there's something bad that's going to feel like it's going to happen it just keeps like the half an hour with DK Brees all straight after the Bellinger stuff and there's someone else who got injured before JC Jackson You're like what the f- is going on yeah and then, obviously, also we had um, friend of the pod Nick Ballard just get lit up on Sunday, and that was 
that was uh, I think you you may have missed it because I texted you it's like like swear words and it's just mm. I'm yeah, magic was, please I didn't I didn't see that to be honest because that would yeah, have been it was it was weird like obviously you see it happen quite a lot but I don't know it's weird to see someone you've spoken to it, yeah it was, it was yeah but he well off. I can I can promise you he's in better shape now because I text him today saying oh, are you feeling better he said yeah. You just need to beat Pete Carroll at chess, and then I pass concussion protocol. So uh, the old sense of humour is uh, is alive and well. I mean, I would watch that if they're going to stream like Tommy Fury against one of the four brothers. Just stream that; I'd pay for that. That would be great. Yeah, uh, maybe Eddie Hearn can rinse us for all that money as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much else, is there? Do you want to do? But yeah, but Sunday, Sunday was just mad because it's left us nothing to talk about because it's just, it was like nothing happened. We just, oh yeah, the Silks just beat the Chargers in their own backyard. Well, look, what have we said 20. for the last two years? It has been dull as dishwater. I've been sat in the back of my sofa, <laughs> touchdown gets scored, you might, you know, fist pump, but you, you celebrate things in sport in part because of the immediacy of them, but a lot of it, especially in the NFL, it's what does this mean for the bigger picture? I think, you know, and you can get yourself fired up if you can see A leading to B leading to C. And in the last two years, let's be honest, we've just not had that. You've not been able to see a path back to success. And it's really exciting now because every pick that Tariq Willen makes, every punch that Cody uh, Kobe Bryant makes, every you know, run that Kenneth Walker makes every block and pancake that Abe Lucas makes. And even Daryl Taylor strip sack, you know, that was awesome. Like there's everything we watch is, is going to crescendo to the bigger picture that we've been desperate to see for the last three, four years. And I'm finding that really exciting again. It's so, uh, yeah, it it feels great. feels really great. Yeah. And if, if they, if they win on Sunday, um, and if they sit there with a two-game lead in the NFC West or one-and-a-half-game lead, it would probably be at that point. Like, there's some players out there. If DK Metcalf is out until Munich or out after Munich, there's some players out there who can who you can go and get. But that draft hall is... It is tempting because this team is likely not... No, it's not the finished product, product because there's, there's still question marks. I mean, this, may be the, this game on Sunday may be the first game ever without with one linebacker on the <laughs> on the field or for both teams. Like there's the Giants don't have one, I don't think. I couldn't name you one anyway. Um so the, there is still issues issue it's not the, the finished article, but like there's there's there might be a window here and it's it's insane to think that but the Buccaneers and um Tom Brady and uh Aaron Rodgers just lost two Taylor Heineke, uh, they just lost to XFL quarterbacks mm. uh, on a Sunday in the NFL week, seven weeks in. And uh, the Packers offense wasn't really missing anyone. The box offense wasn't really missing anyone. And they, yeah, like the NFC is, like, the Chiefs just had their way with the Niners as well, which kind of just puts in plain perspective what the, what that all looks like as well, but but yeah, that there's there might be a window open here, and a win on Sunday, trade deadlines, a few name free agents, one in particular, 
it's like John Schneider, this is kind of, yeah, like Duke, do, do, do you like try and smash that window? Like it's like Stone Cold's coming through on a fucking. I would say truck. no. No, like I'm, I'm, you're not mortgaging everything. You're not sending both the top five pick, but I don't know. There's, he's, 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 he's a GM who just makes moves to, yeah, like there is a opportunity there, but it is very DK dependent. I think the 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 healthier he looks or whatever, the closer he gets to playing on Sunday, kind of probably pushes that percentage down. But yeah, it's it's just it's insane to even kind of suggest that they could make a move for the players they could make a move for. Hmm. Like Shaq Thompson, like it, make the phone call, hmm. bring him home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Ben? Yeah, let's do it. You got anyone? Have I got one? A- apart from UEFA and oh. VAR officials and the rules of football. Um, have I got a bin? I'm just trying, you caught me on the hop a little bit. I'm just trying to go back through the roller decks of what's happened. Um, I, I take a lot of my influences from my my favourite podcast, Dave Damashek, and he uh, he did make, make a fantastic point that... Um, it's quite funny that Kevin Stefanski's finest moment as a head coach has come when he's been in his own basement watching his team play as opposed to actually coaching them uh, when they went into Pittsburgh and, and won the game. Uh, when he had when he had COVID, uh, that did make me laugh a lot. Um, the, yeah, just, just, I feel like the NFL season is yet to really spark into, into life. And we've had a few good witching hour moments. There's been some great games, but... I'm I finding think, it very, a very hard. Like I've just done my picks quickly. Um, thank you for the reminder. There you go. And trying to you know, work out, you know, who's this and who's that. But working out who's good is just so difficult. Um, and I find that quite tricky. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm enjoying the season as much as a result because you just don't know. You don't really know what you're watching at this stage. Like are the Titans good? Are the uh, you know the Colts definitely aren't good? Um, the Niners are supposed to be good and they look bang average for half the time. So that's a bit strange. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, we have to kind of mention the four hours of high knees on an airplane, um, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I can go and time capsule along with him. Um, yeah. Like there hasn't been the primetime game of this. I'm disappointed when I wake up in the morning and I haven't stayed up to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like the only one I was able to watch was ours, and I didn't go to bed. I just went straight to work. Um, the Chiefs 49ers on Sunday is quite a. I think I said so those. That was like, oh, this could be good because the, the 49ers defense has been playing unbelievably, and they converted on back to back touchdown drives with third and 26 and third and 22s. And then it's like a 18 point Chiefs win, and it could have been a lot more. And then they go and add Kadarius Tony for absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it hasn't really kicked off yet, but... I, I do think also- really hope they win it, if not us, the Chiefs, the whole thing. Because I, I think Mahomes deserves that validation of being a two-time winner because he is just so special. Yeah. Like, the conversation... Yeah. I mean, this... Um, the, I, I think it does... I think it isn't helped by... They've been a clear alpha division. It's also the one which has the A, but like the NFC is just like no one. Like 
the NFC South shouldn't send anyone to the playoffs this year. <laughs> it's, it's like the 2010-11 NFC West. But yeah, it's it's, it's rough. And w- watching Rodgers and Brady on Sunday was really weird. Mm. Especially Rodgers. Because Brady's get like made, but Rogers chatted a lot of shit, and now he's chatted a lot of shit about his own players, about mm-hmm. his own receivers, and it's just yeah. I think he might can get in the bin. I think I would just stop. I'll allow that plays play calls. I probably already in there. Um, yeah, this is something. What are you doing? Like when Devontae Adams was traded. You said, yeah, spoke to him, fine with it, because you wanted to get more money. You wanted to get Devante Adams' piece of the pie. You got it, and then now throwing the people brought in to replace him. And it's, yeah, he's just... But it, it was weird watching both of them, because the Buccaneers were atrocious mm. on Sunday. Um, without going too deep into it, Adidas and getting a bim for taking so long making the decision they made over the weekend. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh, appreciate it alright um, that took way too long um, I don't think there's anyone else um, Phil Mickelson can get in the bin just although I'm reading the Phil Mickelson book at the minute by Alan Shipnock it's disgraceful how likeable most of Phil Mickelson is <laughs> like mid 90s Phil Mickelson is compared to 2022 Saudi stooge. Um, yeah. Hashtag, hashtag never gamble uh, would be a good way to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to sort yeah, that like, out. Like the Tiger Woods immediately hated him, and maybe Tiger Woods is the greatest character judge, judge of all time. Um, amongst being the best golfer of all time. Um, yeah. I think we can go in the bins too because our podcasting regularity has been piss poor. I mean, so like I am talking 20 minutes from. The end of the 27th of October, and it's today was my last day of 13 straight work shifts. So it's no one's fault, but the pedestrian podcast boys deserve to go in the bin. However, yeah. I will issue us both a get out of bin free card because we're both legends. Um, <laughs> so it's um, uh, like it's more, it's a course, you know, it's, it's a caution for was, the boys of the pedestrian podcast to, to step up, step our game up. Yeah, yeah. But also, there is one thing I'm putting you on the hopper. Obviously, most people li- who listen to this follow you on one of the social media all social medias um do you want to give a bit of backstory into the picture you posted a couple of weeks ago of your dad at the Spurs game quickly uh yeah so my dad was born in chile uh in 1957 because a load of german jews went there after the holocaust and he went to primary school then was there till he was nine uh then came to england in 1966 and then about 10 years ago, one of the guys from his Chilean school was looking through an old photograph of all the guys that he was at school with. And they're like, who's that guy? Said, oh, I think that's Tom, Tommy Nathan. So they looked him up on Facebook and they found the company that he worked for and sent an email through. And um, since then, my, so my dad has been reconnected with all of his old uh, friends from his school in Chile. And uh, one of them came over and we took him to the Spurs Everton game a couple of weeks ago. And so... They had a little photo together. And the reason we're Spurs fans is because my dad met Jimmy Greaves in Chile in 1962. And when he came back to England in 66, uh, he asked who Jimmy Greaves played for and Spurs was the team. And so it saved me from being a lifetime of being an Arsenal fan like his dad was. So, <laughs> so much to be grateful for. So much to be grateful for. <laughs> and also, if it's what, 
if he come over 52, would he be at, when, when was he at Chelsea before Spurs or after? Spurs? Uh, yeah, before, before. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a different kind of saving grace, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it's one of the coolest things posted on social last couple of weeks was that picture of you, your dad and his mate, and it's yeah, it's class, really, really yeah, it's cool. a good one, great one. Uh, yeah, uh, said. So, yeah, as I said, we play the Giants. You got a prediction for the Giants? I'll Ooh, give mine. Good question. Ben. I oh, it's think... 190 old episodes in, and there's just absolute scramble mess to this podcast. <laughs> like, nothing is written down. We we will wing it till we die. Right? <laughs> we'll wing it till we die. Um, I will say 27-24 to your Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to save my prediction for uh, the second part, but I I think I'm going to go the same points, just with less for the Giants, because I think our defense is potentially better, but it could be anything because both like they are literally um, like the Spider-Man meme. These two teams, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, because they're just winning get Giants winning games like we have like on the old coin tosses as a as a you. Uh, so mm. season. Um, it's what the Giants are doing. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, earlier in the week, I managed to catch up with um, our man um, Ben, husband to chat. He's a Giants fan. Um, yeah, this is our chat previewing the game from their side of the. Toss to Walker goes right side. Has a little running room. Parkinson out front. Here comes oh up the sideline. He's on the run. Forty down to the thirty. Are they going to catch him? I don't think so. Fifteen, ten, five. Touchdown, Seahawks, 74 yards. The Seahawks get the ball on downs. They toss it to Ken Walker the third. He gets fired out of a Gatlin gun, and he is gone up the right sidelines. 74, and nobody got a whiff, and he is in to stretch this lead. What a back. A great play call. The Seahawks now lead 36 after that from the Chargers and LA last Sunday the Seahawks return back to Seattle to face possibly an equally surprising team through seven eight weeks of the NFL season Daniel Jones Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants roll into town it's always an awkward encounter with this lot um, it was probably the start of everything with Resource the, the the Denver Broncos quarterback going sour, sour. but um, joining me to chat about that is our, our pal Mr. Ben Husband. How are we, sir? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks. Quite strange to come on here and talk about a winning team. <laughs> not just a winning team. I mean, it's what it's top five record in the league, isn't it? Second. Bloody hell! This 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 game's like that. Um, Paul Rudd hot ones gif, isn't it? Like just like both of us just looking at each other. Hey, look at us. This this game was almost designed exclusively for that gift. Yeah. Uh, So how's uh, like obviously you you, you've seen the Giants this year? Obviously, uh, uh, um, Tottenham a few weeks ago. Like how's how's the vibe going in, and how is it with that stonkingly healthy win loss record? I I think everyone had pretty much accepted that this was a um, a rebuild year, which it is. Um, and uh, I think people were content with this being, you know, let's see what we've got on the roster, you know, four or five wins and and go from there and hope that we see some positive signs from the coaching staff. I don't think anyone would have would have predicted what we've seen. I mean, 
seven weeks into the season, you'd now say to not get in the playoffs would be a disappointment from from the position they're in, which is just it's just an astonishing astonishing turnaround. I mean, some of the players that looked like they would have no future will come on to the main one. And now there's there's big question marks about a lot of them. And it's just showed the difference of what some good coaching can do. Yeah, I mean, it's but also it's, it's not just good coaching because it's not like you've got your first eleven out there every every offensive snap. I mean, obviously, Seahawks have got some injuries. DK, we don't really know about this weekend, and but like your receiving group is that was like that could have been like your your um, your scout team receiving group, couldn't it? Uh, during the summer, yeah, yeah. I mean, so at the game at Tottenham the wide receiver core would have been David Sills, who's an undrafted free agent, Marcus Johnson, who was a practice squad elevation, Richie James, who was a free agent pickup that we're paying the vet minimum to, um, and Darius Slayton, who was on the third team during the preseason. Uh, and I think if they'd have got anything for him, I think if they'd have got a sixth or a seventh, they'd have probably traded him at the start of the season. Um so, I mean, that was, you know, the first that you're probably starting at wide receiver four because Kenny Golladay, uh, the wide receiver now playing for Kansas City and Wondell Robinson were all, were all injured. So to get what they've got from, I mean, I think you sent me the stat as well that's been, that's been going around quite a bit this week is that they've not got a single receiver that's gone over 200 yards in seven games. It's just... It just shouldn't be happening. When you look at the the breakdown of things, there should be a team that's like one and six. <laughs> but those those four receivers at London sounds like a League One back four. It doesn't sound <laughs> yeah. like an NFL receiving group. Um, it, it's I mean, what like your expectations were? But what were your expectations of what what tune that uh, Brian Dayball could get out of this team? And obviously, the one that he is. I think after look, watching a Jason Garrett offense for two years, it was just <laughs> competent NFL offense that's from this century. I think that's all people were looking for. Um, a bit of pre-snap mode. Like the, the stuff that Giants fans were looking for to the other 31 teams, they'd be like, well, yeah. So like not running when it's second and 15 and occasionally moving the receiver before the ball snaps. And it, it's just, <laughs> it's things that to like I say, to to a supporter of any other team just sounds like something where you'd go, yeah, obviously, but that was the... I mean, the the QB sneak, I know Garrett wasn't there at that point, but that was like the the low point of a pretty miserable <laughs> decade of, of Giants football. Um, and so to get... The, the bar was quite low, but it's been, it's been cleared pretty emphatically. I mean, it, I'm guessing it's the offence where his fingerprints are showing more obviously with Pete Carroll it's all always been the defence obviously the offence has put the ball and everything but the defence is where he uh, is going possibly going in the Hall of Fame because everything he's done on the defensive side of the ball with every stop pretty much um, but so is it is it is the offence where the fingerprints are more obvious with Dayball well what surprised people from the outside was that he gave the play calling over to to Kafka from the start, who was the old uh, Chiefs 
quarterback coach, offensive assistant, um, and and handed that over quite quickly. So Dave will sort of because he's had a, he's had defensive coaching history as well before he went onto the offensive side of the ball. So he's been more of a head coach than more of an all round head coach than because we had like Pat Shermer a couple of years ago who was heading clipboard, you know on the sidelines for, for 60 minutes and Dable hasn't been like that at all. Um, you know, it'll be it'll quite often be with the defence and then he'll come back over to the offence to talk to them as well. So obviously what what he's done really well is he's hired good coordinators and the fact that they were able to go and get Martin Dale from when he left Baltimore, it's meant that he hasn't had to put as much of a stamp on that side of the ball. So... And obviously Kafka's a much more inexperienced coach. So the sort of the the flowers go to Dable a bit more on that side. Yeah. And obviously you lost Patrick Graham who to the Raiders. Did he go to Vegas and McDonald's who yeah, caused yeah. uh the Seals offensive prior to Giants games some some headaches. And obviously you beat us with Colt McCoy a couple of years ago, which is so quite low points. Um, up until this season, that was like as good as it got. <laughs> that was genuinely as good as it got. And that was in a that was in a six and ten season. <laughs> and that even that game was just horrific. And that was like as that was what I thought enjoying football was like. <laughs> but like, we've said on the pod about the Seahawks team before they get before the season and during the season where or Adam Moore in particular than me, but like every game is a coin toss and the Giants are following that script as well because it all all six wins have been one score wins. And all, all four have been comeback fourth quarter wins, haven't they? From DJ and the offense. Uh, yeah, so they've had um five of their six wins we've been trailing going into the fourth quarter, and the sixth one of those they were drawing going into the going into the fourth quarter. So you, you talk about coin tosses. The Giants are basically doing a coin toss with about four minutes to go <laughs> of the fourth quarter. Just delaying that. But, but what they're doing is they're just they're just staying games. You know, they quite bend, don't break on, on defence. They're, they're not great. They'll give up a lot of yards. But what they've been doing is just getting plays when they've needed it. And that's what's kept them in games and allowed them to do this stuff really late on. Yeah, I mean, most prominently Sunday was the final play of the game was a tackle on the one, wasn't it? Or PBU on the one from... Yeah, yeah, it was a tackle, yeah. It was caught and then essentially just kept out the end zone. I mean, that's as close as it, is it? Uh, gets. Obviously, the quarterback is in, in his contract year. He's basically doing the same. They're going to make teams make decisions on them, both these quarterbacks, Gino and Daniel Jones. How's he looking? Obviously, his receivers are... Uh, a revolving door of just names and numbers more than anything. But like, the quarterback has a role to play even when it's likely all more more down to the guy he hands the ball off and wearing 26. I think it was for the first four weeks. Um, I'd say the last three, you can put as much on, on Jones's shoulders as you can on Barclays, to be honest. Um Particularly, sort of the last two weeks. I mean, he's been he's been near faultless. There's not there's not big shots, but they they've not been drawn up in the offense anyway. So it's just been wildly accurate. He's he's been better in the pocket. Um, his legs have just added another dimension. Uh, he's just ramp just 
he's scrambled so much better this year and it, there's been a lot more designed runs and look I, I'm if you were to ask me now, I'd probably be 70%. It'll still be the Giants quarterback next next season. Just because I think they're going to, he's going to end up taking them out of a mm. position where they're going to be able to draft one. Um, I think they're still going to need to do something in terms of, they won't, they can't give him a long-term contract, but whether they can, I don't think there's going to be a massive market for him. So you could probably get him reasonably cheap on a one-year deal, or I think that's probably what they'd like to do. But I, I, it's with every win, it's more unlikely that he's, not going to be here. Yeah, I mean, and also that he's going to be cheap as well because quarterback yeah. wins is a stat which probably holds a lot for his um, agent and everything. Uh, but yeah, Saquon. I mean, this is the this is the game for comeback player of the year, isn't it? I mean, he is he is rookie year, second year Saquon Barkley again. When it kind of looked like he'd hit like the Todd Gurley wall, and just the injuries had caught up to him and just left him. Like just not what he was, but I mean, there's some of his runs. I think Nate Tice has tweeted out a few pictures on uh, clips on Twitter. Especially, there's what I think it, it must have been from Sunday, where he, he just he 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 finds the gap about twelve yards left of where he started running. I mean, he's just electric, isn't he? Again, yeah, I think he's he's better than rookie Saquon Barkley. He's more decisive. He's reading holes better, um, and He's probably not. He probably hasn't got that sort of like straight line speed that he had, because it used to be if if he got passed into the second level, then no one was stopping him. Whereas occasionally you will see a safety track him down or something. But it's it's just the the straight of the gut, four or five yards, which he never had because he was always looking to bounce things outside and and try and do things. He was always like you'd see his stats and he'd maybe be like I don't know if he was 130 yards off off 19 carries, but then there's a 65-yarder in there. Whereas we've seen this this year where he's, his longest rush has been like 11 yards and he's still racking up like 125 rushing yards just because he's taking those five and six when they're on offer. Um, and he's, and But he's still, he's still got these players that you just like, are just, just <laughs> mind-blowing and just ridiculous. So he's still got that, but he's, he's become a more complete... I mean, even even his pass blocking's got better because that was always absolutely horrendous, um, and he's got better at that. And this year is like as close as you can get to. He's there is never going to be a running back that you'd take number two overall, um, but he's added wins this year. You can't deny that. So, and there's still every time he goes down a, a panic that he's not going to get back up. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every time he goes down. So. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just playing unbelievably. Uh, uh, defensively, though, it's your man from Oregon, number six. I mean, the the last play at London is if he wins any postseason awards, it's that's going to be in the montage because he's just. I mean, a lot of questions were on him, but Kayvon Thibodeau was the best player, best defensive player in the draft two years ago, and. I mean, what, what, three games in, four games in? With obviously his injury in preseason, he, again, he's 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 living up to it, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not quite got the the numbers that are going to put him anywhere near your boy when it comes to uh, stuff at the end of the year. But I think that's coming. I mean, he, he probably got held six <laughs> times against the Jaguars and didn't get flagged. Didn't get a flag for any. <laughs> 
improve on is selling those those holds because it's just it's just ridiculous. But the pressure's there. And it's in the fourth quarter that you see it as well. He's just shot out of a cannon on every single snap, particularly because we we get we've been having these sort of narrow leads in the fourth quarter. But he's just when when he can get off at the line of scrimmage, there's just it's just unbelievably quick, like a get off that you won't see that often. And he's still he's still learning, he's still getting better sort of moves as well. And there there will be a weekend where he gets where he does stack the box shoot and I hope it's this weekend. It's very, it'll be very Spursy. Um, I think is what what Adam will say about that if it happened this weekend. But also alongside him, it seems like until Aaron Rodgers mentioned him on Pat McAfee's show a few weeks ago, no one really knew and forgot that Dexter Lawrence existed. But he was a part of a good unit in college, and he's he's a big part of Kayvon getting his opportunities, isn't he? Because he's holding up the guys in the middle, and Thibodeau is one on one against a tyrant right or left tackle. Yeah, he he's been the best defensive player on the Giants by a long way. He's just like like I was talking about a number two running back. He's playing like a first round defensive tackle. Um, so Dave get up and be sat, <laughs> sat around the lake and West Highland and stuff. What, what a job he's done! Uh, his number, his big quarterback pick playing well. He's number two running back and his number seventeen defensive tackle. Um, but yeah. Like and and they're all players that that didn't look like they had a chance of getting a second contract. So now they're all earning themselves money. Dexter Lawrence is going to get paid big. They they've already taken his fifth year option, thankfully, because um, he's he's gonna he's gonna cost some money. Yeah, not thirty five million a year at Williams though. No, no. no. <laughs> Again, cheers, get get <laughs> so, but like, behind him though, that doesn't seem to be. Uh, you got Adore Jackson. Is he still? Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's playing unbelievably well. So, what, what what's the secondary going to look like? Because obviously, as I said, DK Metcalf. It feels like it's a push that he's going to play this week. It just kind of feel like he, 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 Munich may be the best course of action for him. Give him a couple of weeks, but but still, Tyler Lockett, Marquis Goodwin come out of nowhere at the weekend. We got about seventeen tight ends who keep catching the ball. So what what what's Gino got to try and break down and dissect? Because obviously, Derwin James and that Chargers defense isn't too bad, and they, they did a number on him for most of the, most of the last Sunday. So, what what's Gino and Tyler Lockett and Co going against on Sunday? So, Adoree will just travel with whoever whether Metcalf whether Metcalf's there or if not, probably travel with Lockett. Um, then it will be Fabian Moreau on the other side. Um, who we got off the street on the practice squad and who's played unbelievably well as as the second corner. Um, safe, a lot of three safety sets. So McKinney's sort of like the the leader of the entire defence now. And then Julian Love, who is another Gettleman pick that's been reborn once he's left the state of, uh, left the state of New York. And then, It'll probably be Dane Bolton, who's another another rookie that they've picked up that's that's getting a lot of snaps. It's a bit of a hodgepodge, but they're like again, as I say, they give up a lot of yards. Um I'd say the key for Seahawks is get yourself to about third and fifteen, because that's when we give first hands <laughs> up. Get to third and inches, we'll probably get a stop. Um I think there was there was something like we're at third and one, we're giving up like 
teams are getting first downs on like 52% between third from third and three to third and inches. And then any third and eight over is about 66. <laughs> so we're giving up more on third and longs than we are on third and short. So that the my advice would be run it straight at Dexter Lawrence for the first two plays and then just get Gino to throw it all over the gaff. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean... Yeah, no, nah, that, that that doesn't fill me with confidence because I just no, nah, it's never been good, no matter who the quarterback is for Seattle. Um have you got a linebacker this year? No. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I knew they've that got, was uh, coming, I knew I was gonna laugh. It's just uh they've got Tay Crowder. to be fair, they, they, there is arguments to be made, neither do we. So <laughs> we've got um Tay Crowder who was Mr. Irrelevant a few years ago who will put a Good tackling occasionally. Can't doesn't read his run keys. And then we've got Jalen Smith, who's been elevated mm. off the practice squad, who doesn't really read his run keys. Um, gets done on misdirection. And then Landon Collins might play the odd linebacker snap. Um, I think they're going to try and bleed him in. I think he played twenty snaps last weekend. So, but no would be my answer. No. Um- Take rather say that about take rather Mr. Relevant. Imagine saying that about a second round pick, um, which is what we've got in Seattle. Uh, yeah, but like, so obviously, what's your vibe on the Seahawks? As we chat quite often, I think you were quite looking forward to this being a, a two and four, two and four kind of game, or two, or two and five maybe. But the first couple of weeks were rough, and I think you enjoyed it. But like Gino Smith, the former Giants quarterback, he. So, so this this weekend is the matchup of the only two quarterbacks to ever start in front of Eli Manning. That's pretty. That's a pretty impressive stat. I'm sure the that only, will be the only two that got Eli Manning benched in his entire career. <laughs> but, but what's what's your vibe on this Seahawks team? I get, well, with the no, the me and you chat quite often, and yeah, it's just I kind thought of they like, were going to be. I thought they were going to be bad, as in yeah. like, as in like competing with the Giants for the first pick. <laughs> Um, but they, I mean Geno Smith's just like done what I didn't think he would be able to do and he's just he's just he's looked better much better than the person that used to occupy that position <laughs> I would be much more confident going into this game if the previous incumbent of that position was still playing <laughs> rather than Geno Smith so yeah. and it's it's the kind of game that you've got an offence that should create a lot of yards because we can't defend the run at all um, so I'm expecting Kenneth Walker probably to get over 100 yards it's not a great matchup I don't think um, I would pref- I'd be less nervous if both of us were like one and six I wouldn't really have anything invested yeah, in it yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah but like you've sold one before with the previous incumbent a quarterback and way more expectations on that Seahawks team than the puppy word. I, I think the expectations are slowly catching up to this lot, but but yeah, like this, this I don't know, the Giants on the schedule is always kind of there's always it's always weird shit that goes down. I mean, particularly the Colt McCoy one. Like I mean me, I was I was in New York five years ago when we I think is that Eli's last season, twenty seventeen? Nah, it was a bit of he dragged it on for another few years after that. Uh, yeah, so he, was going till, he was going until 2019. Yeah, well, it, yeah, we did something to Eli that day where I didn't see him for a while. 
Um, well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just always just weird stuff happens. And weird stuff happens in most Seahawks games, but Giants seem to be the team we kind of, I don't know. I mean, back in the day when you had like 14 false starts, way before probably. We are just a weird, every game this year, is, there's just been weird I was, stuff. I was this, 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 as, as we said at the start, this game is the Paul Rudd Hot Ones mm-hmm. gif. It is exactly yeah. what the Spider-Man meme yeah it's just there is going to be some weird <laughs> shit that happens yeah and like if you was t- it could be a blowout either way it could be cl- I've just genuinely have no idea <laughs> but it also feels like not a lot will change well from our, our, our perspective speaking for Adam and your perspective no matter what happens on some like if we win we're going to go oh shit something's happening here but if either of us lose we're going to be like well yeah of course they did we've got DK Metcalf on one leg, and you've got David Sills catching balls. So <laughs> David Sills the fourth. Yeah, West, another West Virginia kid. There's we got him, yeah. Gino, and uh, Bruce Irvin. I mean, we've got thirty-five-year-old Bruce Irvin taking snaps from a second-round pick. I mean, it's looking good. Yeah, this is, thank God this uh, rookie class here. Yeah, have you got a score prediction, Ben? Twenty-four-twenty. Uh, Giants. Let's just keep mad shit happening. That's my motto for them. Yeah, I reckon twenty-seven, seventeen Seahawks. I think. I think that. I think um, Kayvon and uh, and the and the dudes in the middle could cause some problems. I kind of got a feeling of like a, a Dore, like I don't know, like a cornerback blitz. If you do that, I don't know, but it just yeah, I, I do think the Seahawks are going to win. But I think I think for all for all of you saying that I think Walker will run over the place. I think Barkley could. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we, I mean, the defense has been better for Seattle for the last two three weeks. But I mean, Coronel Patterson looked like Lamar Jackson in week three. So I mean, anything could happen. It's just, just what it's just. Yeah, it's, 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 I think Saquon. If, if we can keep Saquon quiet, put the ball in Daniel Jones's hands, you can. It kind of feels like that's the way to go. But then at the same point, he's making, you said earlier, he's making plays. I think this is a bit of a misconception as well, because like Saquon has been bad in the first half of games. Well, the run, the Russian offense has been bad and they've just continued with it. So I think I just, if we had any semblance of a wide receiver other than (laughs) Wondell Robinson, then it, there'd be something, I mean, I don't know. Is it just Wondell? Is it just one and everyone else is? Slayton. Darius uh, Lightens, he's a human being with a pulse. Yeah, yeah. and obviously he lost uh, Shepard to Achilles. Yeah, and then we lost. Right? So this weekend we're also without Evan Neal on the, at right tackle, right Ben Bredesen at left guard, without the tight the rookie tight end Bellinger, who's been like, a, a massive a massive surprise, played really well, and and done been a really reliable target for Jones on third downs. Yeah. So I think the at tight end we're going to have. Tanner Hudson and Chris Myrick. I mean, they're not real people. <laughs> just, just, just like. I mean, it's lucky that I know these names because no one listening will know. No, I mean, they're like people you try when you like scout them for the draft. They're like, I've got Hoodle videos. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like ridiculous. Yeah, it's it is. It's I mean, this injuries are happening, and there's obviously a lot of chat from Seattle after DK with the, the turf and everything. But it does kind of feel like there's a lot more 
like ligaments and tears. And I mean, the Bellinger yeah. one on Sunday was horrific. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. So I mean, I, I said to you that from the from the last two draft classes, we've had two players that haven't been on IR or missed multiple <laughs> games this insane. season for the last two draft classes. That's insane. Well, our, our draft class in 2020 has Trey Brown. Oh, Eskridge. Eskridge has had like 70 hours, but then Trey Brown hasn't played and Stone Forsyth has maybe been in on special teams. I'm not too sure. But yeah, that's why 2021 not like. Um, but it's but like six and one Giants. This this yeah. your 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 football your sporting in uh interests have flipped this year, haven't they? Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I used I used to enjoy watching football and then sit painfully through NFL. <laughs> to be fair, it's a bit better now because I can my weekend can end on a high rather than it. Ending <laughs> so it's been it's been quite a nice challenge. Yeah, I mean Steve Davis and. Uh, Who's the tight end? Chris Myrick. <laughs> they I mean, could. A... Oh, the fact that Wolves manager could also be a like a <laughs> tight end or a wide receiver for the Giants. Yeah, yeah. he caught a pass at Spurs Stadium. Uh, but the yeah. entire Giants team essentially sounds like the Bournemouth starting eleven. It's going to be a, it's going to be like a quiz question in a few years, isn't it? So. You know, like who who caught the, the this who yeah who who was Super Bowl MVP for Super Bowl whichever year we're in this year and it's yeah. Chris Myrick. I mean Chris Matthews did it. Chris Myrick got to the Super Bowl last year as well, mate. Did he? I think in a way he was with the Bengals. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I think he was there. He was there in spirit. In his sweats on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If 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 the, the the four or five people who listen to this podcast want to. Go to you on Sunday. Where can people find you on the old uh, just socials? At, at Ben Husband, as as it sounds, no funny spellings, just like the the jokes write themselves. <laughs> and also, obviously, like with me with Carl Adam with Spurs, there's a lot of wolves there. I'm not too sure you dub your <laughs> dissatisfaction. Is that what it is? I guess you have to keep rage. professionals rage. rage. <laughs> Apathy. <laughs> cool. As appropriate. Cool. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the game on Sunday, Ben. I appreciate you jumping on. And uh, uh, a uh, pre-congratulations for the new arrival due in the next five, six days, or maybe five, six hours. You, you know. <laughs> we'll wait and see. We'll yeah. wait and see. Uh, cheers, mate. No worries. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, uh, Ben is a Wolves fan at the same time as being a Giants fan. It's like a weird crisscross. The Lord give Beth. <laughs> uh, he's gone from Dave Gettleman, got rid of him, and I get Steve Davis, who got sacked from Crew um, about four years ago. So it's 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 it's, it's, it's sport fandom is a wild, cruel <laughs> uh, uh, housecape. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get in touch with the podcast. You can all use your means and methods. We are going to try and keep getting guests on as we near 200. Um, a lot of emails, a lot of favours maybe have to call in to different levels of prosperity. We're scrambling. We're scrambling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like uh, like the Seahawks offense used to uh, before Geno Smith were on the time. I mean, yeah, it's 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 just wild. We'll continue to enjoy and watch the, enjoy the game, whichever corner 
of the world you're watching it from on Sunday. Not Sky, no Sky Sports treatment this week, so we won't have um, certain people talking about certain injured cornerbacks contracts they signed in the offseason as their knee is dislocated. Um, but yeah, enjoy the game. Patreon.com forward slash Persian podcast, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean, all the usual means and methods. Until next time, this has been the Pedestrian Podcast. Go Hawks.